Hello, I'm Amanda Griffiths, the Quality Director at Voyage Care. Welcome to Season 2 of our podcast, where we discuss important topics in the health and social care sector. The theme for Season 2 is quality, and today's episode is Part 1 of a two-part episode where myself and Andrew Cannon, the CEO here at Voyage Care, are talking about the importance of company culture and our internal quality checkers. Hi, so I'm Amanda Griffiths and I'm the Quality Director of Voyage Care. And I'm here today with Andrew Cannon, our Chief Executive Officer. Hi everyone. Why do you think quality is so important? I think um, that it is important really within social care because it should underpin everything that we do and I think in order to understand why it's important you have to understand how we've got to where we are now so it's not something that Voyage Care have invented we do it exceptionally well and probably better than anybody else Mm -hmm. but actually where we are we are at the point where we have involved the most information which is relevant to what we do from years and years of research and development across the industry. So if you look at social care, we do deliver healthcare, but if you look at social care um, and how we've got to here, we've taken the learnings from multiple different national reviews, evidence-based reviews, and we've fed that into everything that we do. So it's important that if we don't have a quality statement and we don't define quality for ourselves, then we can't deliver quality. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree, Amanda. You can't inspect quality into a system. You can't add it at the end. It has to be woven throughout and designed into it right from the outside. I think that's something that you do very well and and we do very well as an organisation. I mean, I think at the heart of it, our purpose is why, why are we here? Why do we exist? And quality always comes first in that. We're here to deliver great quality parent support. And we put our money where our mouth is in terms of the way we structure incentives. In the way we have meetings, it's always the first thing that we that we speak about. But but because our ratings are so good and because we compare so well to the rest of the sector, I get asked a lot about how do we do it and how have we done it. And it's and it's really hard to answer. And I feel like I could spend a whole day or a whole afternoon talking about your team distilling complex guidance into really straightforward policies and procedures, right? Or I could talk about um, the way we've used system, or I could talk about the culture and the kind of, and the way we seek to collapse hierarchies, or I talk about the way we work incredibly hard to design ways of working such that people feel like they have a voice. You know, and it's sort of like, you can speak about any one of those things for hours and hours and measuring and, and the quality questionnaire, you know, and the things that we measure through through that, which I'm sure we'll spoke speak about in a bit. So I think it's incredibly important, but sometimes it can be it can be quite hard to pin down. Yeah. So we have a quality framework, which is not a policy, it's not a procedure, it is more a statement. Yeah. And it covers off a lot of that that you've just described. So we're very clear within the team when we're looking at what is quality care. So we're very clear that quality care is composed of three main parts. It is safe care, it is effective care, and it gives a good experience. Mm. If you wanted to um, shortcut on it, you could, if you want, take out the experience bit. But Mm. I often say, 
It's a bit like if you want to go on a diet and lose weight. So you could go on a Cambridge diet or a packet diet. It would be perfectly safe. It would have passed all the, the regulations. It would be safe. It would be effective, which is the second part of what we say quality is. You would lose weight. But actually, that third key and equal part, the experience, mm. it wouldn't give you a good experience. Yeah. Three sachets, three times a day, you'd rather have your steak and chips. So we're really clear. It has to be safe. It has to be effective. And so you have to get all those outcomes that we can measure. But people have to have a really good experience yeah. as well. And that's what's really important. And actually, we concentrate on the safe and the effective, so we can measure that. But for the people that we support, what they're interested in more than anything else is, is it a good experience? Yeah. Am I happy when I wake up and do I have a good day? So I think that's a nice, really simple way to look at what is quality and yeah. how do we define it. That's really good. That's really good. I feel very passionately that, as I know you do, that people with a disability die on average 20 years earlier than people without a learning disability. And the obvious kind of sort of retort to that or or or, or hypothesis is to go, well, it's because they've got loads of other conditions or comorbidities and that. But but the but the really alarming thing is no, no, even after you adjust for all of those things, they die 20 years earlier, a whole a whole generation earlier. And for me, that speaks to about how the society we live in values the lives of people with a learning disability, how it thinks about them how unless you have somebody with a learning disability in your family or you work in this space that it can be a sort of it's a huge sector that's that's largely hidden you yeah. know from public view and one of the things i'm very proud of is how driven we are to make a difference to, to that statistic to give people longer lives give people lives that are meaningful fulfilling and happier and for me that's that speaks to quality you know when we have we have um our quality checker initiative that you and the policy team run, which I think is wonderful, which is people we support going around as experts by experience and looking at auditing other services and giving their own sort of perspective. And of course, that's the perspective they're going to have: is this is this good and interesting and fun, and can I access the community? And am I playing a am I playing a, a vital part as a citizen? Am I voting? And I, am I could I go into a, get a job if I wanted? Could I move into education? And so measuring those things and understanding those things and having those things at the front and centre of of what we do as a part of the quality framework, you know, is for me, it's it's, it's more than a, we're an organisation and this is important to us and these are our objectives. It's kind, it's kind of vital for so many people's lives and it's vital in terms of changing people's perspective about what people with a learning disability is capable of. I mean, it's not for it's not for me or for us to, to pontificate about what they want. This is why it's so important that they have a they have a voice, you know what I mean? Ask them, what is quality for you? What would it look like? And I think we I think we getting better at that. And I think it's something that we we, we do really well through things like quality question and quality checkers and stuff. Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. I think, you know, there are so many boxes as a provider we have to tick. You know, there are the regulations, yeah. there's all the legislation, there's all the best practice. It is never ending mm -hmm. to just do that. But in the absence of listening to what the people we support say and what matters to them, we will never deliver quality. We'll just tick boxes yeah. and we'll be compliant with things. And that's what we've always sought to do is to be not just compliant, but to really go for that outstanding quality. 
But what I really love about the people we support is they tell us what matters to them. Yeah. I'll never forget, Andrew, you telling me about, I think it was a person that we support in the southwest told you what they wanted to do with the swimming pool that was in the building. Huh. Huh. And actually, we can laugh about it. But to him, it was his home and it was what he wanted in his home, which is what we do every day. We go and choose wallpaper and we choose yeah. carpet. But it's really important. And that's why when we have um, people we support in the buildings or when we go into their homes, that engagement is amazing because some of it might not be achievable. So, yes, we could never have a pet zoo in a swimming pool, but we can understand and listen and hear what matters. So, therefore, when people say we want pets, then, yeah, we can achieve it. It's listening. The actual communication and what we hear we have to listen very carefully because that's what matters to the people we support. And there is nothing better than thinking that people are happy. And that is what matters. It goes back to that having a good experience. We could keep everybody really safe, never have any accidents. But actually, if everybody's miserable, we're not a quality provider, are we? Yeah. And we I have to listen. I agree. Completely agree. And I think that love of ambition is, is reflected in the way we think about measuring what's important. Yeah, no, I agree. I think something that I really value for this organisation is that we haven't focused primarily on all the regulation and all the legislation. We do that as a must do, as a business as usual. But actually, the things that we really focus on and put a lot of energy into are those things that matter Mm. to the people we support. And when you look at some of the leaps and bounds that people have taken, because of the um, requests that we've made for people to come along and be involved. So at the point we advertised for quality checkers, we never ever envisaged that we would get people come along, do the quality checker training, and then move on into paid employment. We we never envisaged that, but to see people progress because you've given them a window of opportunity to do something that we take for granted, it's just, it's amazing and it's very, very fulfilling in everything we do. So Andrew, tell me, how do you think culture impacts quality? For me, the culture bit is, is so vital. It's so vital because it underpins absolutely everything. There's a saying, isn't there, which is that culture each strategy for breakfast, meaning that you kind of, you know, whatever's going on, whatever you try to impose on an organisation, if the culture won't accept it or it's not consistent with the culture, it just doesn't get done or you revert to the previous way of doing things. And I think that's absolutely, I think that's absolutely right. I think that the organisation feels like one which is very honest and open and, and transparent, which is well connected to purpose. I know that when we're recruiting for for managers and, and senior leaders, my key things are to find people who have curiosity and humility. Those are the two qualities that I would look for the most. So the way I think about it is, is that everybody has a job to do and we have to do it to the best of our ability to deliver our purpose. And nobody's more important than anybody else. But we all have a different job to do and we all have to execute it excellently with our purpose in mind. I think that's mega, mega, mega important actually, because what it does is it connects you to the front line it enables you to understand what people are going through. It's why I work regularly as a support worker in service. It's not to be an industrial tourist. It's not to do, it's not for marketing. It's to genuinely get curious about what are the barriers that exist for a support worker to deliver our purpose. That's why I do it regularly and that's why I continue to get huge value from it. 
I could talk about culture for so long. What you want is a culture that's open and transparent where people feel like they have the voice and they're going to be heard. I really agree with you. Whilst we really operate at scale and we are a large organisation, there is absolutely no horror for a manager if either Andrew or myself were to phone them up. It's just accepted that it's a given, that that's what we do. And similarly, when it's reversed, I have absolutely no concern if a manager or a deputy or a senior rings or emails me. In fact, I prioritise the contact that I get from people who work in our homes and services because I really value the fact that they are happy to contact us. And actually, I can see that that for them is a better way of working. I mean, not everybody does because... Because of the training and the education that we do, most people know where to go, how to work. You know, uh, some of the the processes and the systems that we have in place to support managers really enable them to do their role and to do it well. But we'll all have a time when we don't know the answer or we can't find the answer. And I would much sooner they rang somebody who could give them the answer straight away than they took half a day looking for it. And that's I think that is what makes us extra special as an organisation, that people, even if they've never spoken to us before, feel that they can email Andrew or pick the phone up to myself. That is a really special place to work because you feel as though you are working alongside people rather than I'm not here just to tell people what to do. I'm sharing that burden with them. I think it was really interesting during some of the really busy days of COVID when we were running the on-call system 24 hours a day. And it was just a given that I would be part of that. And do you know something? It, It was not a hardship at all to have night support workers ringing me at two o'clock in the morning. In fact, you could hear the relief in their voices And I would rather that than people struggle. And I think that is driven from the top, really. You know, there is no top and bottom of the organisation, but there is a difference in our responsibilities. So, Amanda, quality checkers, super important, and the subject very close to my heart. But go on, talk about what, what is a quality checker? So the quality checkers are really important people in this organisation. They're people that we support, um, who we have invested in so that they can play as equally an important role as the rest of the quality team. They are, in essence, members of the quality team. They have their own um, days when they go off and do their training and they do the standardisation and make sure they're all operating the same. And... They really work alongside the quality auditors and they are the people who talk to the people that we support in a service, peer to peer. This is a peer exercise. So instead of somebody who is employed as a quality and compliance manager, this is somebody who lives in a service themselves that therefore has got the ability to ask those really telling questions around are you happy? Yeah. Do you like your dinners? Do you like the carpets? And it's very interesting, some of the feedback. We would never pick it up on an audit yeah. because this is about what matters to people and what people's experience are. So they're all really well trained. They all have a very clear training programme where they have to understand what their role is. They have to be committed to the role 
and where necessary we provide the support so that they can undertake that role independently so our IT team have supported people with um, programming questions so that when we have people who perhaps are not able to verbalize they can still ask the questions using a digital device um, they are located all around the country and yeah they they play a great role and I know they're really looking forward to COVID being finalized put to bed so that they can be out and about again. It's one of the big things about COVID for me that's been a source of frustration, which is our quality checkers can sat around, not quite kicking their heels because they have lives to live, right? But but wanting to get out and about. And um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been really, really frustrating. And I think they've got a much bigger role to play for us. You know, we'd like a lot more quality checkers in the organisation. Oh, yeah. A story that I tell regularly give people a sense of the impact that it can have on people's lives. It's a young lady who used to have 60 hours of support a week for us and became a regional quality checker. She was fantastic at it, grew in confidence, grew her skills. Um, she then became a national quality checker. We don't do a national regional split anymore, do we? But, she, but, we, but we did in those days. She became a national quality checker and she was so good at that. Then she became a recruiter for us and then had a job working for us being a recruiter. She said to me, and it's like heartbreaking, and I struggle not to get emotional. She said to me, I'm buying a house. I never thought somebody like me could buy a house. I think every time I say that, I nearly cry. I, I never thought somebody like me could buy a house. And, the, and, the, and, and then the next step was, and I should really like somebody to share that with, and a boyfriend and stuff like that. And you think, my God, if I never did, I didn't do it directly, it was the team in Nottingham who did that, but if I never had any other indirect impact on anybody in my career and that was it, it's kind of like I could die happy. Mm. That that was that for me was, was like just just incredible and reinforces all those things I talk about in terms of how humbly it can be and the impact it can have on people's lives and how it's like life and technical and all those sorts of things, you know, it's just um but then there are other examples as well. So we have a couple of young men who live at opposite ends of the country. We've got one in Somerset, yes. one in Nottingham, who have met each other and for all intents and purposes through being fallen quality checkers. in love through being quality checkers. Yeah. And who just, I know that the COVID has been difficult for them, but prior to the pandemic, they were planning and they're support workers would make sure they met in the middle regularly and I think they have aspirations for when that that relationship could become more permanent they would not have met had we not taken that step yeah so you know quality checkers has never been about introducing a um introducing this format to benefit us this is not about that Um, at the same time as we did the quality checkers we did a lot of work around um how we support people to get back into work this is all about giving people a life Mm. that because of their disability they're not entitled to by society Mm. and actually we're really keen to break those barriers down and make sure that people have the same lives that we all have and if that means having a job buying a house having a relationship we take all of that for granted Mm. and actually we have the opportunity to change people's lives by delivering quality care and support. And we have to grab that every day. We have to break those barriers down and make things happen.
Thanks for listening. To find out more about our focus on quality, please visit our website at www.voyagecare.com.